what is good, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another edition of the Fundamism Podcast. I'm your host, Paul J. Long, and we are celebrating today. We're celebrating an intimate experience with just you and I. We're riding solo today, which means that it's you, myself, and some intimate thoughts that might potentially enable us to get just a little bit better. Before we get into it, I'd like to shout out our sponsor, Charlie Hustle. They've been with us from day one, and you want to learn more about Charlie Hustle because I'm telling you, they got some fine, fine attire for you to rep your city, your brand, your franchise, whatever you're into, most likely they have something for you. So check them out, charliehustle.com, and I'm certain you'll be the coolest on the block. So as mentioned before, we're riding solo today, and I got to tell you, I'm not here to make friends. I have been placed on this earth to provide folks an opportunity to see the potential for fun in life. And that means that, again, I'm not here to make friends. Today, I might hurt some feelings, but you know what? If your feelings are hurt, most likely you need to hear this message. There are energy takers in this world, and there are energy givers in this world. Which one are you? There are the folks that will literally take every ounce of your energy if you allow them. The individuals that every time you ask them, how is their day? They say, uh, could be better. Fine. I don't know. My job sure sucks. I don't know. This relationship is terrible. And they're those other folks, these energy givers that, that man, when you're around them, you just feel good and this sense of euphoria. And the more that you're around them, the better you feel and the more positive things start to happen. So which one are you and who do you surround yourself with? Now we've talked about this topic before, but we're going to get really pointed today. We're coming off of an awesome holiday, Memorial Day. Got the opportunity to go to my 20-year class reunion with my lovely spouse, Melissa Long. Shout out, what's good, sweetheart? Dang, how you doing? You look good. We celebrated, man. We turned up. We had a great time. I got to see some, some friends that I haven't seen in a long time. And what's cool about a celebration of 20 years is is we've grown up so much that when we got together, we kind of set egos aside for a second. And we just, we revealed the authentic version of ourselves and we talked and we had a great time. We talked about life and what was working and what wasn't working, what we're doing now and the relationships that we have. And it didn't matter if we didn't talk in high school or not. We were talking on Friday, Memorial Day weekend. Sunday comes along and I, I get the opportunity to throw a shindig at my house. My dad's family, the long side of the family, many of you know my father uh, or have heard stories of him. Lovely man. I mean, he's funny. He was gregarious. He was, he was just a gentleman that could have a conversation with anybody. But he had his demons like, like many family members, friends, and, and loved ones do. 
And so at times my dad, uh, mainly out of this problem that he had in addiction, he, he would be an energy sucker or energy taker. I tell you, man, his family though, my aunts and uncles on the long side, they are absolutely amazing. They are just a beacon of light, energy. They're so fun. And when we get around each other, we smile and we have a great time. And it dawned on me recently that, that we hadn't played cards in years. I mean, like 10 to 15 years where we got together with the long side of the family and you know the deck rotates and we're, we're doing dealer call it games and, and we're just, it's overdue. So we schedule time to get together. Sunday is the day. Everybody's drinking, having a good time. We're throwing bags, cornhole as they call it. Hey, we start playing cards and I got to tell you, I'm just, I'm on cloud nine, man. Like there's not, there's not a problem in the world for me in that moment. I'm seeing our daughter Adeline smile and laugh. Our son's playing with his cousins, little Brennan. Melissa's, Melissa's doing her little thug fizzle. She's being an entertainer and, and being the best and most hospitable individual on the planet like she always does. And I'm just, I'm just in the moment admiring it. Bam. What happens? I get a text message out of the blue from an individual that I would call a friend. You know, I, I think at this point in time in our lives, we're more acquaintances, but a friend reaches out to me. And this is, I mean, cold as all get out, out of the blue. And the text message says, you know, I know the last time that we saw each other, I wasn't super cordial. And I, I, I think I'm just a little upset that I never hear from you anymore. And I figured it's, it's because I'm not cool or popular or important enough to be in your, your group or your circle of influence. That's how I felt for a long time. And I didn't handle it well the last time I saw each other, I suppose. Hope all is well. So I apologize regardless. Now, I haven't talked to this individual in over a month. And prior to that, we hadn't talked in months and months. And this text message that I receive isn't, isn't an apology by any means. What it is is a passive-aggressive call-out. What it is, is is somebody feeling as though their ego has been damaged and they want to put that negative vibe on somebody else. Now, I love, I love this individual. And if you're listening, this, this isn't out of spite. This isn't out of hate. I respect you. And this, this really doesn't offend me at all. But what it did was it showcased or spotlighted something that happens in all of our lives regularly. Here I am having a blast. I'm in the moment living my fun. And there's an energy sucker that comes to steal that joy from me. When faced with those situations, do you allow it? Do you allow individuals to take 
your moment of joy and monopolize it and turn it into something different. I refuse to. I got a lot of things right now going on in my life. We're in the midst of potty training. Our daughter's starting to sleep in her own bed through the night. Business is growing. I got a lot of large plans. If you think, if you think you've seen you've seen fundamentalism grow over the course of the last year or two, but baby, but baby, you ain't seen nothing yet. You ain't seen nothing yet. But ain't nobody got time for that. Ain't nobody got time for no more drama. If you're living somebody else's drama, then you got, you got problems and you got your own problems to be worried about, to be sucking up everybody else's. I got a newsflash for everybody out there. Nobody on this planet is going to take my joy from me. Now, there are individuals in my life that I will work through problems and challenges and enable each other to grow and get better because Lord knows I have my struggles, I have my setbacks. And I'm going to tell you here in a brief moment of one that I recently had because everybody's listening to this and you're saying, yeah, yeah, that's right. That's true. Speak on it. Uh, uh, Speak on it. But many of you are wondering, yeah, but how? Like, I hear your what, Paul, but how? How do I change it? How do I get out of this rut? How do I surround myself with better people? How do I do better myself? How do I get out of my own head? We're going to talk about it. But before we do, I need everybody to understand the importance of your role in life's experience. We talked about this on the last solo cast, and I hate, I hate to beat things up, but sometimes people need to hear the truth, and we need to get serious and real, and if that means that you need a little flare chop to the chest, well, woo, let's get it in, because some of you aren't being honest with yourselves. It's not everybody else, man. I mentioned my dad. I love my dad. My dad was amazing. But my dad was an energy sucker. And I tried to help him. And I talked to him. And I would ask him questions like, Dad, what great things are going on in life? Dad, how do we get out of this rut together? I love you, bro. Dad, life can't be that bad. Dad, let's go. But see, my dad wasn't ready. He wasn't ready to make that decision himself. So I I had an option. I could choose to allow my dad to continue to tear me down and monopolize my energy. And every time I pick up the phone, hear him say, you know, Peckerwood, You don't know what it's like to be me. Or I could continue to be my own light, my own lamp, one that brightens up every journey and every path that I'm on. 
and try to shower my dad with that when I had the opportunity to, but not go out of my way to lift him up when he wasn't willing to lift himself up. So if you're an individual that reaches out to me or anybody else and puts your burden on them consistently and believes that their responsibility is to lift you through whatever it is you're going through, I got news for you. I'll help you two, three, four, maybe five times. But when I realize that this this ain't about me helping you and more about you looking to me to rescue you, when you're not even willing to tread water, then I ain't got the la- I ain't got the life raft for you, homie. This fundamentalism stuff is real to me. It's not that I that I completely whitewash bad stuff. It's that when when bad stuff happens, man, I address it. I don't dwell on it, and I move the hell on. It's that easy. Stop saying it ain't. It is. It's that easy. Now, many of you, again, are are wondering how. How do you get out of that rut? What do you do? Paul, you're saying it's easy, but you're not telling me how. Listen, here we go. Fundamentalism are the fundamentals of a fun and optimistic lifestyle. Whatever you do for strength, whatever gives you joy, whatever makes you smile, that's fundamentalism. Focus more on that stuff than the stuff that tears you down. Now, I wasn't, I wasn't the best husband last week. We all have our faults. And I made a mistake. You see, I was tasked with taking little Brennan to school on Friday. And little Brennan has one pair of shoes because his other pair of shoes, he goes so hard. Oh my gosh, he goes so hard in the paint. He had so many holes in them. So this one pair of shoes, I go to put them on them and they are caked in mud. I mean, caked, still wet. So I'm looking all over the house for another pair of shoes because I didn't know the shoe situation. And I reach out to my wife, Melissa, who's super patient, super amazing, the best mother ever at least respective to my experience and my family. Shout out to all the moms out there. You guys got a difficult job. And putting up with us husbands doesn't make it any easier. So I reach out to her and I say, hey, these shoes are over the top. Do we have any other shoes? And she texts back, I'm sorry, we don't. I saw that there was mud on his shoes last night, but I didn't realize that they were that bad. And I responded emotionally in the moment because We've all been there. I'm in the moment. I'm frustrated. So I say, this is ridiculous. I got a meeting coming up that I can't be late for. And we would never allow Brennan on our carpet in these shoes. How could I in good conscience send him to school knowing that he's going to be crawling all over the carpet in these shoes? And Melissa, in all of her grace, just as he always does, just as she always does, she says, honey, I'm sorry. I'll come home and deal with it. And I said, no, I'll figure it out. I got it. So I put him in these water shoes. I dropped him off on, at school and all is well. Melissa sends me a text message and she says, I'm going to go 
to pick him up some shoes and I'm going to drop him off at school. And I said, it's not that big of a deal. It's over with. Well, that's exactly what she did. She went, she picked up shoes like a good mama would and she dropped them off at the school. Now my day carried on. My Friday was amazing after that. I didn't think about the shoes ever again. The bedtime comes around, I get the opportunity to uh, put little Brennan down to bed. We alternate. One night, Melissa puts down Adeline, I put down Brennan, and then we switch roles the following night. And these kids, man, like many kids, they try to manipulate situations and their mother and their father, and they try to elongate bedtime. And sometimes, you know, they really try to manipulate mom. I want one more hug. I want one more book. I want some loving, right? So Melissa gives, you know, Brennan all the love and he says, I want an Ugga which is Daniel Tiger's way of saying, I want an Eskimo, an Eskimo kiss. Let's rub noses. So Melissa kneels down, actually gets full down on the floor and Brennan's eye bumps right into her knee. Now, Melissa feels miserable. I mean, because she's like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. And she's hugging him and Brennan's crying. And like a true asshole, excuse my language, instead of saying everything's going to be okay, it's not that big of a deal, I say to Melissa, what, what the heck were you getting all the way down on the ground for anyway? Not a good husband moment. And I knew that. So Melissa, already wearing the weight of, you know, hurting Brennan, she storms out of the room. She closes the door and she goes and she starts to put Adeline down for bed. Now, Brennan wasn't hurt. You know, we laid down in bed. We talked. We had a great night. He went to bed fine. Checked on him multiple times to ensure that he was good throughout the night. He was awesome. I go in and I, I see Melissa reading a book to Adeline. And I interrupt and I say, Melissa, babe, what's going on? Why did you storm out angrily? (laughs) Deep down knowing that I'm the one that caused it. Again, not my proudest moment. Full disclosure, I asked Melissa permission to tell this story because I believe that if, if anybody listening could potentially find strength uh, or help in hearing my story and our journey, then I'm all about sharing. And Melissa, she gave me her blessing. So she said, it's just been a day. I just feel like the weight of the world is on my shoulders. I said, well, tell me about your day, babe. She said, well, it started with the mud on the shoes, you know, and it just went downhill from there. And I said, well, what else happened? She said, there was something else. And I said, was there? She said, yeah. And then, of course, this thing that's going on. I said, honey, we're talking about two things right now that impacted your day and that have got you to this place that you're in right now in this mood. What's the, what's the thing that made you smile today? She goes, Ugh. I said, no, seriously, hon, what's something that made you smile? What I'm trying to do in this moment is I'm trying to get her to her fundamentalism space. I'm trying to get her to think about a fundamental, something that made her smile, something that bring her joy to stop focusing or dwelling on this, this moment 
that negatively impacted her day. She said, I'll think about it. I said, no, babe, I don't want you to think about it. I want you to tell me right now what's something that made you smile today. She looked at me with a blank stare. I look over at Adeline and I said, hey, baby, today was your last day of kindergarten. And you were really emotional when I picked you up from school, weren't you, honey? She said, yeah, daddy, I was. So you were crying and and I told you, I said, everything's going to be okay. What was the best thing that's happened to you today, sweetheart? What's something that made you smile today? Playing outside, she said. Well, who did you play outside with? May. Well, what did May say? Oh, she was crazy. She got this chalk out. And then what'd you draw? And now I take her down this path where she's in her head, painting a picture for me of something that bring her joy. So I look Back at Melissa and I say, if our six-year-old daughter can do it, babe, you can do it too. Now, this approach isn't for everybody and you got to lay some ground rules. Melissa knows me and she knows how I am. I wasn't trying to be super assertive or angry. I was just trying to, to be who I am, the authentic version of myself and help her through a moment. So I again said, Melissa, what's something that made you smile today? She said, I'll think about it. So in this moment, Adeline starts tickling her. And Melissa does, you guys have seen this time and time again, where somebody is like, they're trying to be mad and they do that smirk because you made them laugh, but then they they make it into a scowl really quick. Stop, she says. I said, babe, What's something that made you smile today? She said, Paul, I'll think about it. I said, no, I don't want you to think about it. Stop saying that. I want you to tell me what's something that made you smile. Babe, what did you tell me in the closet today? I said to her. She kind of smirked again and forced herself into a scowl. I said, what did you tell me? She, she shrugged her shoulders and she looked down and looked back up. She said, I told you that you were hot. And I said, yes, yes, you did. And I'm appreciative of that. Why'd you say that? What made you say that? She said, well, I was getting my hair done earlier. I was telling my hairdresser because it was our, our 20th reunion weekend, how we met. I was talking about that whole story. She starts smiling. And I was telling her about how, you know, at our 10-year class reunion that you brought your girlfriend at the time. And I told my friend Aubrey that that Paul sure got hot and that I was going to give him a call. And I heard that from my girlfriend when I got home, didn't know that it happened. And of course, what I wanted to say to my girlfriend at the time, because I've always looked up to Melissa and she was always the girl that I wanted to marry. I wanted to say, she said that, huh? But of course, what I said was, oh, she's nobody. Six months later, we connected. We've been together ever since. So Melissa's telling the story and now she's smiling. I said, honey, it's not that hard. You're forcing yourself to be miserable. 
in this situation, you said that you had a terrible day, but could only think of two to three things that made it such. We have a number of amazing things going on in our lives right now. Brennan's finally peeing in the potty at three. Adeline is finally sleeping in her own bed. Business is great. We just got two significant donors for an amazing charity event that we're doing. You're going to get a new kitchen this year, babe. It's something that you've wanted for, for three to four years. All of these things that I'm talking about, minus the kitchen, are things that have happened just in the last week. Perspective is everything. I said, babe, did you have a bad day or did you have a bad 15 minutes and you're milking it for the whole day? Of course, that was an Instagram meme that we talked about in a previous podcast. Guys, we're doing too much. You're forcing yourself to think about the crap that's not working. You're forcing yourself to be miserable. You are fighting back the thoughts of all the amazingness that's happening in your life to think about the shitty day that you had. And it's not anybody else but you. I told my loving wife, I said, babe, I was an asshole earlier. Excuse my language. These kids, they don't always listen to you. These kids, they try to manipulate you. Hun, I promise I'm going to work on being a better husband. I'm going to work on being more active in the development of our children and being more assertive when I see them taking advantage of you. But I need, I need to know that you're willing to work on yourself and willing to take control and not allow others to have this much power over you. When I'm an asshole, realize that I'm going to get out of it and I'm going to recognize the error of my ways and I'm going to apologize. And if you're listening today, maybe you got people in your life that will never apologize. That's fine. It doesn't matter what control do you allow them to have over your day though. Because ultimately, after the muddy shoes, I was on cloud nine. And my wife allowed that moment to dictate the rest of her day. I love my wife more than anything on this planet. And she's an individual. She's my ride or die. We're going to work through anything that we have together because I got my problems and she's got hers. And collectively, we're one freaking amazing team. She'll tell me when I'm messing up and I'll work with her when she is. That's love. But if you got individuals in your life that are just going to be energy suckers and they're going to call you out all the time because you're not picking them up, taking them through what they need to take you or what they need you to take them through, when you've put that vibe out there and you've thrown that, that life vest to them multiple times and they have been unwilling to help themselves, then do you, boo-boo? Stop messing with people that are going to suck your energy. Gravitate towards the things that make you smile. Gravitate towards the things 
that, that give you strength. When you're having a bad day, go out for a freaking walk. Put on a good song, dance. Go to the driving range. Make up a story. Brennan's three. We've been, we've been challenged right now. You know, they say terrible twos and threes and Brennan gets caught up on something and he gets in his head. And you know, being a child in terms of psychological, you know, personas and, and behaviors and, and the way that our brain works, it's not much different. We get wrapped up on something. Our kids get wrapped up on something. My kid, Brennan, he's crying, he's whining, he's not digging this day. And, and I say, Brennan, why don't you tell me a story? Well, he's three. So he, he doesn't always know how to start a story or, or tell a story in its entirety. So I say, Brennan, who's in this story? And he'll say, Daddy. I say, oh, that sounds fun. What did Daddy do? He went to the park. Oh, that's amazing, Brennan. Who did he go with? Brennan. What did Brennan and Daddy do at the park, buddy? They played. They swung on the swings. They play hide and seek. Then what'd they do? They went and had lunch. Where did they eat lunch at, Brennan? Winnie's Sandwich Shop. Oh, that sounds like a really tiring day. What did they do after that? They watched a show together on TV. When he's walking me through this story that I'm leading him through, you know where he's no longer at? In this space of negativity. He's not thinking about the crap that's not working. He's no longer thinking about whatever made him mad. Guys, you're no different. Tell yourself your own freaking story. Go color something. Call up a friend and tell them what you admire about them. Do the alphabet game where you interact with folks and you try to incorporate one word that starts with the letter A in conversation seamlessly. And once you knock that out of the park, you go to B and then you go to C and then you go to D. Dope. Have fun. Get out of your head. Stop forcing yourself to be miserable. Guys, I got news for you. These bad days that we think that we have, and again, I'm not minimizing anybody's bad day. Some terrible crap has happened to many of you and will continue to. But I'm certain the more you gravitate towards the things that give you strength, the less you'll find yourself in these crappy situations and the more great things will happen to you. Doing a gig the other day in Alpharetta, Georgia. And I got my favorite maroon pants on. And I lift my leg up on the chair right in front of this audience member that's sitting in the front row. That's a terrible impression of pants ripping. Right up the backside. I mean, from the seam in the front all the way up, dang near to the belt buckle, the belt loop. Now, I don't think anybody heard it or noticed 
But in, in this moment, of course, I'm, I'm like, oh crap, my pants just ripped. My pants just ripped. Now this is, again, one of the biggest, biggest fears of many people out there. You get up in front of a, a group of people, Worst case scenario, and all of a sudden your pants rip or you you spill mustard on your shirt and it's the one thing that you feel like everybody in the audience is looking at or you slur over your words or whatever it may be. My pants rip. Well, I can't control it. It's over now. So I use this as an opportunity to go ham sandwich. I say to him, I just ripped my pants. And they start laughing and I say, no, I don't think you realize. And I turn around and I bend over and I show them my butt. I did have underwear on. I said, no, I don't think you realized I ripped my pants. Now everybody's busting up laughing. And so throughout the remainder of the keynote, I'm talking about how many of us think that we have these bad days. You're up in front of a hundred plus people and your pants rip or you got muddy shoes on your kid and and you got to take him to school and that your day didn't start out the right way. Or they didn't have the vanilla latte at Starbucks that you wanted. They were out of freaking vanilla. Wouldn't you know it? Or you were late to work. Or your boss gave you a, a poor performance ranking at your quarterly review. And you're like, damn it, this is a bad day. It's not a freaking bad day. It's a challenging moment that you allow to take over the remainder of your day. Stop. Get away from the energy suckers. Help them to the extent that they're willing to help themselves and then move on. If they're unwilling to. Most importantly, help yourself. Make yourself smile. Force yourself to think about all the amazing things going on in your life. Because maybe, just maybe, somebody out there on the planet's got it worse than you. And if you've read the book, Fundamism, Connecting to Life Through Fun, or you're familiar with Noah's Bandage Project at all and the story of Noah Wilson, and you're Scott or Deb Wilson and you've lost a child, that's a bad freaking day. Quit with your bullshit, pull your bootstraps up, and do the damn thing. Nobody's in control more of their situation than you. It's not your husband. It's not your wife. It's not your kids. It's not your boss. It's not your friends. It's you. As always, I greatly appreciate your support. If I offended you today, that actually excites me because I know that if I offended you today, then I'm forcing you outside of something that you're comfortable with. And I know that growth never takes place when you're comfortable. Most of you tune in because you know the bulk of what I say is somewhat accurate as it pertains to our lives. And I can't speak your truth. I can only speak mine. And what I'm sharing are truths that happen in my life and those around me. But I would venture to guess that it's very similar to you and yours. 
I love you guys. And I mean that from the bottom of my heart. And if I could help people through something, I'm going to do it. But I'm not going to allow people to steal my joy. I'm not going to allow people to tear me down when I see that they're unwilling to lift themselves up. As we wrap up this solo cast, I realized I promised you an awesome solo cast on listening to music with purpose and some amazing lyrics that help inspire us. Unfortunately, I only had four or five individuals with some lyrics that meant something to them. So if indeed music drives you, if music lifts you up, if music makes you feel good, then please send me a lyric. Send me a song that speaks to you. I would love to shout it out on my next podcast. Music is powerful. It's one of those things that's the why behind the what that could get you more to a positive headspace. Please do me a favor. Paul J. Long on Facebook. Hit me up on LinkedIn. The Graham Fundamism Paul or Twitter at Fundamism Paul. Hit me with that song lyric and I might shout you out in the next podcast. And if indeed you are used, you might, you maybe, just maybe, my walk away with a Charlie Hustle gift card. I love you guys. Stay up. Gravitate towards the things that give you strength. And please work to find the fun in life and create fun, joy, and fulfillment for others. Until we meet again, deuces! Deuces!